0: this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishments, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard
1: within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes,
0: indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is a post-Monday celebration, greatest day of the entire week. You never, ever have as much fun as you do on a Tuesday. And I'm telling you that with no sarcasm in any way, shape, or form here already to kick off the program. Welcome into a broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's always wonderful to have you with us for the day. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. What a day it's been, man. Speaking of had the honor to fill in for the Todd Starnes program today. You can find that podcast at ToddStarnes.com, and you can hear us on there. That was a fun one. I have done a bit of a program change. I was going to air an interview today with our Congressman Ron Estes from my district here in the 4th District of Kansas, but we aired that on the Todd Starnes radio show, and there's a lot of stations that air the same program, stations that don't air the same program. So what I'm going to do, just so it's not redundant for some of the listeners who listen to both of them, is i will host that as a special feature podcast with the entire interview for those that maybe not have heard that interview on todd starnes then you can hear that on the podcast instead of here on the program because we wouldn't have the opportunity to play the entire interview anyways it is a bit longer than what we can do on this show so we'll upload it as a special feature podcast after the program is done you can listen to it in its entirety and we have so much to talk about we just don't have time man bottom of this hour we have mark tapson he is a writer with the David Horowitz Freedom Center, he wrote a uh, an interesting piece uh, regarding the Democrat Party, the left side of the aisle, with the headline, The Left Loves Humanity But Hates People. Interesting. So we'll talk with him about what that actually means coming up at the bottom of the hour. Speaking of hating Humanity and hating people. I know that's not what his article is, but I think they hate both humanity and people altogether. I don't know if you've heard me, but get ready. It's happening. Round number, whatever number this is on the COVID 19 pandemic. Get ready for some additional lockdowns and some requirements. Oh, my. What's trending today? Oh, yes. The what's trending story of the day today is apparently with this new variant of COVID 19. Is this the SB 180? I can't remember. No, that's I don't remember what this one's called. This one is a variant that has come out of Canada. Now, I don't know why we're freaking out about this one. I have not heard about an increase in hospitalizations. I've not heard about deaths. All I've heard about is potential increase in positive cases. But just because you have a positive case doesn't mean that you're going to die from it. I could have a positive case of the flu. That doesn't mean that flu deaths are up. So, I don't know why we're freaking out about positive case numbers going up when we haven't heard anything at all. Local news across the country, national news, I haven't heard anything about local cases of deaths or hospitalizations in the ICU units going up at all anywhere. But it's starting again. And you would think that we would have learned our lesson all the way back when. We've had two, two and a half years of COVID 19 mandate policies. You have to stay inside you're not an essential worker, you got to wear your mask, you can't go in and work, you can't have a certain amount of people in your shop. If you do, we're going to call the snitch line and have law enforcement come and shut you down, take your business license away. We've gone through this and none of it worked. I don't know anybody, anybody, that still shows up and waves their hand and says, yes, mask mandates actually stopped the spread of the virus. I don't know a single person, even if they did support masks, they were blaming it on the ones that didn't wear the mask, on why it was still spreading, even though we know, as we know, as we know, as we know, because even the man himself that was science, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said that the masks were too large, that the fabric was not tight enough unless you had an N95 mask or better in order for you to actually stop the virus from getting in. So it wasn't doing anything. And for you to wear that for long periods of time, it didn't actually solve anything either. Then they lied to us and said the vaccine would actually stop the spread of the virus. Which it doesn't. Which normal vaccines don't. So I don't know where we got that information. That it would stop the spread, that it would kill it off in your system, And then you would be able to go about your day when we know that's not what vaccines do. But what vaccines actually do is introduce your body to the virus to where it can learn how to fight things off naturally. So you get it and then you build up an immunity to it. But when you get it, that also means that it's in your system, which means it can also be transmittable as well. So all of that was a lie. All of this news now is kind of the 2020 hindsight of, well, you know, we can look at it now with that 2020 view from the past and be able to make proper decisions. The sad part is we're going down this road all over again. Um, According to Morris Brown College, they have now made an announcement coming out of California. Effective immediately, Morris Brown College has reinstated their COVID-19 mask mandate due to reports of positive cases among students at Atlanta University Center. Over the next 14 days, the following protocol will be enacted. Number one, mask wearing. All students and employees are required to wear face masks. Staff may remove theirs in offices while alone because, you know, you put it in the air and someone else can walk in. They're not going to get it. It's only when you're there by yourself. Number two, physical distancing. Really? We're doing social distancing again? Students must maintain physical distancing. Number three, large gatherings. Institutional guidelines for gathering sizes must be followed. There will be no parties or large student events on campus for the next two weeks. <laughs> They're going down the, the two weeks to slow the spread again. The 14 days to slow the spread. Did we not learn our lesson the first time around? How in the world are we having elected officials, even at universities, trying to do the same damn thing again when the two weeks to slow the spread ended up turning into two years of absolute disaster and stupid Number four, isolation and quarantine. Students must adhere to institutional policies and CDC guidelines for isolation and quarantine. Number five, contact tracing. Oh, it's back. Compliance with college-initiated contact tracing efforts are expected. If you're positive, get ready for the contact tracing for them to find everybody that you were in contact with, trying to let every one of them actually know. Number six, uh, symptom monitoring. Students and employees are obligated to undergo temperature checks upon campus arrival. And number seven, regular hand washing and sanitation. Frequent hand washing is expected from all students and employees at the university. Oh, yes, this is not from 2020, 2021. This is August 20th, two days ago over the weekend of 2023. Greetings, faculty, staff, and students. That's the latest out of... What university was that? Oh, yeah, that was, again, Brown, uh, Morris Brown College. That's just one example. It's happening elsewhere as well. We have Lionsgate, the movie makers, the movie producers, Lionsgate, now implementing the exact same policies in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Health Department also implementing the same protocol with the rise of COVID-19 cases, not hospitalizations, not hospital deaths, but just case numbers with concerns about a variant. Now, again, like we've said for the past three years, we shouldn't have to go down this road again, but we will if we remember not being a scientist, but talking to many different scientists and doctors that viruses mutate because like a virus being a living organism and wanting to survive and not be eradicated mutates. And when it mutates, it becomes easier to uh, becomes more contagious, easier to get. But when it does that, it thins itself out, becoming less dangerous. That's what a common virus actually does. All the way up to, this is not just California. This is not just the university. This is not just Lionsgate in Hollywood. This is not just Los Los Angeles itself. But according to, now again, put your conspiracy hat on for a second, Alex Jones, although the documents have now been released to where he's right, unfortunately, made this claim. Tuesday, we got called. Oh, by the way, this was a guy. He said that he ran into a guy who works for the TSA, that he sat down with and had a conversation. Tuesday, we got called in, the managers, and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done, they were told this is happening, this is not hypothetical, you will all have to wear a mask again, and so will airport employees. Then, by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada. There it is. The TSA now beginning to mandate mask wearing again that will happen apparently sometime in September with some more guidelines coming down. Now you can believe Alex Jones all you want to or not all you want to. Some people like him, some people don't. That's fine. He's an interesting character to say the least. Uh, However... Uh, According to the latest report, the federal government's already been buying COVID-19 equipment again, along with hiring additional consultants to enforce pandemic-era, quote, safety protocol. As some of these contracts are scheduled to begin in September and October for the federal government. What are we doing here? Why are we going down this road all over again? They didn't work the first time. What they said was going to be the two weeks to slow the spread ended up being two years. What they said was one mask wearer you ended up getting recommended to wear three masks. Are we going to go back to the idea where people are going to put the plastic barriers around themselves, the plastic covering over the credit card machines, the plastic barrier to where you don't you don't breathe on them, but then they take something that you just touched that had the same virus on it as well because that's how stupid that we are in society to think that something like that, those types of protocol actually work. What are we doing here? And why are we going down this road all over again? I would think... And again, this is just me thinking out loud conspiratorially. Don't want, don't worry about Andy over here. If they were going to do this, I figured they would wait until next year during the general election where they could push more of the mail-in ballots. They could push more of the drop boxes. They could push more of the widening out the election for them to shenan- uh, play the shenanigans that they do oh so well without us recognizing it because we have to slow the spread and can't be there in large groups. And therefore, we can't be going to the polling places and actually voting in person. If they were going to do this, why couldn't you just wait a year? But no, it's very interesting that they're going down this road again already so quickly with this new variant where as far as maybe I've missed the headlines. Have not seen any more deaths, have not seen any more hospitalizations, have not seen any more individuals in severe conditions in any way, shape or form. But yet this new variants enough for them to lock it down again. TSA already going down that road soon. They're going to be mandating everybody on airplanes to be wearing masks again. All TSA workers will be wearing the masks. If you go out in the large places, then you have to wear the mask or you just won't be able to go to large venues with groups of individuals any longer again. Why? Why don't we learn our lessons? Why don't we figure it out the first time and realize this can't happen again? We've done a very good job being able to put in better um, school board members, city council members across the nation to say, whoa, wait a second. This is not what we signed up for. This isn't what we expected to happen during that two-year reign of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're going to start changing policy now and making sure that the Great Reset, which is what they called it early on, is not actually going to happen, and we can get back to our old norm, not the new norm. But there are some progressive areas where this is going to happen. So my question to you is, if this gets implemented in your community, wherever you may be listening to this program, Would you abide by it again? Would you follow these protocol again that you can't go to work, that you must wear that mask? They're obviously already encouraging individuals to go and get the vaccine all over again. They're encouraging people to get their boosters all over again. And they say that the booster will be effective against this new variant. So will you go and do it or will you not? With the lack of news reporting about case numbers of hospitalizations and of deaths, it really, truly, honestly, and again, this may just be me being cynical in the world now and not trusting anybody, it really does beg the question, is it because less people are spending money through the pharmaceutical industry who's getting the money from these vaccines for them to do another round of pushes because their profits aren't nearly as high as what they had seen the past couple years? Is this it? because I don't know why else we're doing this with no substance
1: behind it. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with
0: Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program 24 minutes past the hour radio tv live streaming podcasting. you know when you get into that rebellious stage tour even if you know something may be the best thing for you but yet when someone tells you you have to or else you almost want to rebel and say to hell with you I'd rather just suffer through it and not do it the way you want to you know you know (laughs) you know that feeling Andy come on I'm telling you I'm not saying that even something is good or bad i'm just saying that when someone tells you you must do it or else you get into that rebellious stage of watch me and the more that they push this attack on what they're calling quote-unquote anti-vaxxers which Again, most people are not anti-vaxxers. They just don't want the COVID-19 vaccine or want to be able to choose, do their research, do their decision making on their own without someone saying you can only get this in order to function in society. And when you lay down that ultimatum, guess what? I'm going to find a way to not operate within your society because I don't give a damn what you tell me to do. And that's kind of the rebellious stage in me. That's why most conservatives are like, yeah, I really don't like society telling me what to do. I especially don't like the government who we know lies, who we know manipulates, who we know tries to twist and and take advantage of situations. When they tell me something, then I probably should just do the opposite. But there's a hit piece out as we talk about this new COVID push and The mask mandates that may be coming back, which I thought if everybody was vaccinated, then you wouldn't have to worry about masks again. But apparently we're going to go down this road all again because not enough. You are getting your booster shots. Get out there and go get your booster shot. The Daily Mail just posted a piece a little bit ago, actually, um, about a half hour ago, really. That is an attack on the quote unquote anti-vaxxers saying that those who are concerned about the COVID-19 vaccine are the same ones that don't like other vaccines as well, which I have to admit, there is a growing concern. The more I read, the more I pay attention, the more I listen to those talking about vaccines, the more concerned I am. And I have to admit, I'm a little concerned about when little voice of reason gets to that age that she needs her next round of all of her shots. I don't know what I'm going to do right now regarding that. But according to the Daily Mail, a quarter of adults in the nation believe that the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, known as the MMR, causes autism. A white study that they say, this is the media again doing the hit piece, a white study that discredited that claim that emerged back in the 1990s. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, they found the poll that a third of adults believe that the COVID shots caused thousands of sudden deaths in otherwise healthy individuals. Well, I mean, it's hard to deny when people are just dropping randomly healthy people, just, just croaking over and done. Over. Finito. The quote-unquote vaccine skeptical movement across the country intensified after COVID pandemic linked to pushbacks against the COVID vaccine mandates and increased what they're calling quote misinformation as people spend more time online. The growing sentiment has seen figures like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. surge in polls campaigning on the anti-vax message being a fringe political figure for most of his years. I already know that just by talking about this, this program will probably get banned off of my social media. But that's cool. Whatever. We'll continue to do what we do. Uh, But there is a growing concern for those about vaccines in general that was sparked by the COVID-19 mandates. I've used this analogy before, but you ever remember when you were trying to date back in the day and the tighter you tried to hold on to somebody, the more they kind of pushed away, and they always use the analogy of the tighter you're trying to hold on to a uh, a handful of sand, the tighter you squeeze, and the more the sand kind of drips out in between the fingers. The tighter you hold on to somebody in a relationship, the more they start pushing away because you've been you begin suffocating them, and they want their space. That's what's happening right now. And whether the vaccination information is true or not true doesn't matter. If you tell us this is what we have to do, period, end of story, then we're going to rebel against it. Because guess what? You're not going to dictate how we function in society, especially by what we inject into our body. It's not going to happen. So you can educate and then say, hey, have the choice. And we've talked about all those different alternatives that you can do as opposed to that vaccine. But the hit pieces. The more they come out with hit pieces, the more it validates the fact that we don't trust what they're actually saying. Just throwing that out there for you. If they're listening, because I know you actually are. Mark Tapson on The Voice of Reason right around the corner here for a post-Monday celebration.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. reason meets radio this is the voice of reason
0: with andy hoosier yes indeed it is welcome back into the program always a pleasure to have you along for the ride as usual for our post monday celebration so i'm having some technical issues with our phone which is why oh you know what there we go i think we're maybe do we have maybe okay there we go all right here's what we're going to try and do we're going to do this on the live. So for those, um, kind of a fun story for you here. You'll enjoy just for a minute as I do this. ring. We're going to do this ringing up on uh, live on the air because so earlier today we had a uh, little power blip here at the studios as um, our power providers. Oh, there we go. OK, so it's our power providers were working on some stuff right outside the studios and we had some uh, some issues. So as that happened earlier today, uh, fast forward up till now to the radio program, we had our phone lines that were acting up, so I had to do a reset during the break, not knowing that they had been messed up, and it took me a little bit longer to call our guests. So uh, we're going to kind of fly by the seat of our pants here and do this live, and uh, I think we have him on the line, and hopefully, knock on wood, everything's going to work all dandy. Why? Because we love live radio. But uh, with some technical issues, it took us a little bit longer to get a hold of our guests. So let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get into our What's Trending. What's trending today? As we'll get back to, by the way, the COVID-19 stuff here in just a little bit. And Joe Biden has now made a statement on what he's going to do with student loans, which I find kind of interesting as well. He's changing up, but still desperate to try and do the student loan forgiveness the the best that he can. But whether it's student loans, social programs, environmental policy, it's interesting how everything they do they say is for humanity. But yet at the same time, it seems to hurt us more than it helps us while they say they're taking care of us. Which is typical liberal policy to talk about some of that and more. Really happy to have on the program. He has his latest piece. The left loves humanity but hates people. He is also with uh, the David Horowitz at Freedom Center. Happy to have on the program here, Mr. Mark Tapson. Mark, how are you, my friend? Doing well so far. How about you? Hey, we are living the dream. I'm. I'm glad that I was actually able to make contact <laughs> with you. I wasn't sure it was going to work or not. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, isn't it Thanks true for having me on? Oh yeah, it's it's good to have you here. Isn't it odd how these policies that the uh, progressives try yeah. Uh-oh. Hopefully we got you. Is that better?
1: Yeah, sorry.
0: I, yeah, Are you. Sorry, I missed you for a moment. That's all right. It seems like the policies that the progressives push, they're always about the feel-good, about how we take care of people, and how we're here for humanity, we want to create this nice little socialist utopia. But every time that they push a new policy, it seems to hurt us more than it helps us, doesn't it? Maybe. Did we lose him again? Uh-oh. All right. You know what? Maybe we're having some still some phone issues here. Not sure what's going on. Not a big deal. Um, One of those issues, obviously, is the one that uh, just was announced earlier today. If you haven't paid attention to the news, Joe Biden coming out with a new campaign ad regarding student loan forgiveness.
1: And that should be a ticket to the middle class, not a burden that weighs. My fellow Americans, you know, I'm a firm believer in education beyond high school. And that should be a ticket to the middle class, not a burden that weighs people down for decades to come trying to pay their debt. On day one of my administration, I promised to fix the problems of the existing student loan program that hurt borrowers for much too long. And I'm proud we're keeping that promise. We've already approved over $116 billion in debt cancellation for 3.4 million Americans, no matter how many lawsuits, challenges, or roadblocks Republican elected officials or special interests try to put in our way. Today, I'm proud to announce a new program called the SAVE Plan. It's the most affordable student loan plan ever. And here's how it works. To pay back that loan, you had to pay 10% of your discretionary income. That's all the income available to you after you pay for food, housing, and all your basic needs. Under my new plan, we're reducing that payment to just 5% of your disposable income. That's going to save the typical borrower around $1,000 a year. It's going to give borrowers a little bit more breathing room. And if your annual income is less than $30,000, your monthly payment will be zero until it gets above $30,000. What? As long as you pay what you owe under this plan, you'll no longer see your loan balance grow because of unpaid interest. Under the SAVE plan, monthly payments are based on your income, not your student loan balance.
0: Wow. Okay. So that was an ad that was released earlier today. By the way, I just talked with Mark Tapson uh, through text message, and we're going to get him rescheduled I don't know if the phone line's still working yet or not, So, but we had some sketchiness probably on our end. So I just want to make sure that it's running smoothly, and I don't want to cut him off. So uh, we'll be in touch. We'll get him back on the show uh, at a different time. But it's perfectly fine because this is absolute madness. I'm going to play that audio again for you, but this was just released earlier today. Now, I I've used this story before on the program, but I'll tell you again. In college, while we were with the College Republican Organization, in our student center, there was tons of tables of different organizations. And one of them that always had a table there was the, uh, the Communist Party of the university, the Bowling Green Communist Party. And I always used to laugh at them because they would just say the most outlandish things, obviously being the quote-unquote communists, when they probably didn't even understand what communism really was. But they came out with a newspaper for their communist manifesto, essentially. And I would go up to try and purchase one of those newspapers because I found it intriguing. I wanted to see what they were saying because at that time I was just starting my radio career by doing an overnight radio show on the internet station for the university and wanted to talk about it, wanted to find some kind of content to have some fun with. So I asked him, how much was it for the newspaper? And he said, well, it's a dollar, but if you can't afford the dollar, then it's free. It's okay. And I never forgot, I was sitting there, what, what? So I took one, and I did not pay him for it because I'm not going to pay for a dollar if I don't have to. If I can get it for free, I'll get it for free. So I grabbed one, and I would do that multiple times. And they were totally cool with it. Oh, fine, it's all right. Hey, if you can't afford the dollar, then don't worry about it. Just take it. Is this what we're doing with our student loans now? Now, I've said this again before as well. I have $50,000 of student loans. I First off, I'm paying well beyond my 5% of my exposable income. And to them, the disposable income is anything after your bills of your rent, of your car payment, of your food, of your utilities, of your living expenses. Outside of that, then he wants to lower it from the 10% that it's currently at down to 5%. Now, I don't know the logistics of this bill and what he's trying to propose with this SAVE Act of whether that is only government loans, whether that's a mandate for the entire industry with private student loans as well. I have no—I don't think— they can mandate those. At the same time, they tell them what kind of interest rates they can have, which, if you truly want to save on student loan interest, then maybe, or if you want to actually solve the issue of student loans, maybe you should cap student loan interest for both private and public. In, I don't know, like 5%. Right now, I'm paying on a $20,000 student loan. I think mine is at like 14% interest which is ridiculously stupid and oh by the way it's variable too so as the prime rate goes up thanks uh federal reserve then my student loan payment continues to increase as well while they're like oh we're here to try and save you from your student loan payments this is the madness that we're under right now and joe biden not making the situation any better right now
1: my fellow americans you know i'm a firm believer in education beyond high school And that should be a ticket to the middle class, not a burden that weighs people down for decades to come trying to pay their debt. On day one of my administration, I promised to fix the problems of the existing student loan program that hurt borrowers for much too long. And I'm proud. Okay,
0: first off, let's start right there, shall we? What are the current policies for student loan borrowers? You don't have to sign up. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to sign a student loan. You can say, I'm going to go to a trade school. I'm going to work my way through college. I'm going to go right into the workforce. I'm going to save up and take some time off and then go. You don't have, this is this may be triggering for some. you don't have to take out a student loan in order to survive in society. I know. It's a wild concept. So that's number one. And when you do, then you agree to those terms. Now, this reinforces the idea of why we should have maybe a financial literacy in schools so that way people like me could look at it and be like, well, that's actually a really dumb move. Maybe I shouldn't do this because I didn't know any better. And I think they do that by, by uh, design.
1: And I'm proud we're keeping that promise. We've already approved over $116 billion in debt cancellation for 3.4 million Americans no matter how many lawsuits, challenges, and roadblocks Republican elected officials or special interests try to put in our way.
0: All right, let's stop again right there. They have all this money designed for the student loan forgiveness to help 3 million uh, student loan recipients across the nation. Regardless of all the blockades from the courts and from Republicans, from everybody else, we are going to do this no matter what. I don't know how they can do that because they don't have the power of the purse, so I find that intriguing, number one. Number two, we've already stopped many of their plans. But yet... By golly, they're still going to make this happen. So, again, the rogue government using the Department of Education under the executive branch that has no financial authority is going to be writing off student loans for 3 million people after they signed up for them, but you're a victim of society.
1: Today I'm proud to announce a new program called the SAVE Plan. It's the most affordable student loan plan ever, and here's how it works. To pay back that loan, you had to pay 10% of your discretionary income. That's all the income available to you after you pay for food, housing, and all your basic needs. Under my new plan, reducing that payment to just 5% of your disposable income. That's going to save the typical borrower around $1,000 a year. It's going to give borrowers a little bit more breathing room.
0: All right, here's the next part. Again, okay, well, 5% from the 10%, yeah, that helps, I guess, a little bit. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it very much, Joe Biden. Here's the interesting part about all this.
1: And if your annual income is less than $30,000, Your monthly payment will be zero until it gets above $30,000.
0: What? You don't have to make a student loan payment if you make less than $30,000. Now, when I signed on, I did not make $30,000 in radio when I first got into radio. That didn't happen. But now... If you make less than $30,000, you don't have to make a payment. So the student loan payments that are set to resume in October, if you make less than $30,000, even though you're not out of school any longer, you don't have to pay them back. It's going to be based on your income, not based on the amount of the student loan. Does any credit card do that? Does any mortgage do that? Does any auto loan do that? Does any personal loan do that? That hey, uh, We know that you took out $100,000 of a loan. $200,000 for a home, $300,000 for a home, whatever. Um, But now you're making less money, so we'll just lower your payments. What? What are we doing here? This isn't how we run a a function in society. You have a debt. You have to pay it back. What's the incentive to go above $30,000 for your income if you can actually make a better living for yourself at a lower income, pay for all your... Vacations and all your essentials, and never have to pay back your student loan. This is insanity. This is the voice of reason with Andy
1: Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. And we multitask too. Man, aren't you proud? Welcome
0: back into the program. And my wife said I couldn't multitask. Ah! Show her. (laughs) Welcome into the program. Last few minutes of the show wrapping up here for a post-Monday celebration. So we have the Biden administration pushing their new student loan program. If you make less than $30,000, man, you don't have to pay on your student loan. Do you know that? I didn't know that. I thought that's a pretty good deal, right? So, I mean, hey, all I got to do is stay below $30,000. Now, I'll be relatively tight, but hey, I won't have any other debts. I can just take care of, uh, I can live in the basement with my parents. I can just save my money. And then, you know what? I can just live the high life. I can go on vacation. I can travel the world. I can do whatever I want to. And don't have to worry about a thing. I mean, they're, we're really essentially not even taxing individuals less than $30,000. So, you get to keep most of your money. We're not going to make you pay you for your student loans. So, that way you can live as long as you want to without actually breaking that threshold, getting into a higher tax bracket, and having to pay for that debt that you took out for that education, for that underwater basket weaving that's supposedly going to do you really well and make you a million dollars a year, where you can live under that $30,000. If
1: your annual income is less than $30,000, your monthly payment will be zero until it gets above $30,000. As long as you pay what you owe under this plan... You'll no longer see your loan balance grow because of unpaid interest.
0: So, in other words, we're not going to incur your interest. Again, I remember when I first started paying on my student loans, when I was making way less than $30,000 in the radio industry, because the radio industry is not known for paying the big bucks. When I first started, I was having to bounce back and forth, doing the dumbest thing that I possibly could, which is why it grew as much as it did, because now I'm almost... I'm about just a little under the actual original balance from when I left college 12 years ago. Think about that and put that into perspective for you. Right now, I am slightly under finally making gains on what my original student loan balances were when I first took them out 12 years ago. And the reason is, is because when I got out of college and I wanted to actually get into radio and I did the dream that I wanted to do, which it's paying off, and I appreciate it. I'm not complaining about a single thing because everything happens for a reason and the life lessons that you come out of it and the experiences that you get from this. So don't take this as a complaining from me, but this is the prime example of why many are in the situation they're in and the easier ways that we can do to solve this issue. When I first got out and I was making well less than $30,000 in radio, I had massive student loan payments that there was no way I could afford. And what I had to do back then was I had to bounce back and forth, and I would have to defer one student loan while I paid on the other one. And then when that deferment ran out, I would defer the one I was paying on and start paying on the new one that just came back. And during those times of deferment and forbearance, the interest continued to rack up on these student loans. So I was never making any gains. I was just paying them as I could and paying for one until it wouldn't let me pay for it anymore. Then I would switch one and pay the other one. And then I would bounce back and forth over and over again. And I did that for a good couple of years because I couldn't afford the student loan payments. And at a 9% interest and at a 12% interest, 14% interest, those interest rates for three months at a time, four months at a time, racked up pretty hard to the point where my student loans hit almost $90,000 just by bouncing them back and forth, never actually paying them down at all and letting interest continue to build up on them. I've gotten them back down to about fifty. So I'm proud of myself, and I pat myself on the back for that. And they will be going very quickly as I continue to grow, and we continue to pay these off and focus on those and do our thing. That's my personal story, but I know so many others that have that same situation. This is not okay. And while they're like, Andy, was well, not that an argument for this type of plan so that way you don't have to pay and don't allow that to happen? What we need to do, and here's, again, in the last minute, here's the solution of the day. Here's how we fix the situation is cap The amount of interest that you can have on these student loans as they try to tell us are about trying to better yourself for you to get ahead in life, for you to get a degree, for you to get some experience, and for you to get into a workforce and actually make money that produces economic value for yourself, that actually reinvests into the economy and grows the GDP. Another worker that's actually on the workforce, another one buying goods, another one buying services, another one that's contributing to society, growing that GDP. You are part of that. And, yeah, when we're paying on nothing but debt like that, it is very difficult to do so. So, yeah, we need more expendable cash in order to invest into the economy, but student loans are not there for the government or for a private student loan company whoever to be making bank off of you and to keep them in debt for your entire life. It's supposed to be there, supposedly, to help you get that education. Cap interest rates at 5%. The universities themselves, that's a whole other conversation. We can talk about ways for them to cut the expenditures and the price for going to college as well. But we're going to need another hour of a show to talk about that one, which we don't have time to do right now. There are very many easy ways to do this, and it doesn't consist of taxpayers subsidizing student loan payments because... The young generation wants to make a little bit of money and not have to pay them back and then hope for some type of student loan forgiveness program. What a mess. Joe Biden's a failure. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier.